Today's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast is sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible. The goal of the CSB is to be faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity, all while maintaining both accuracy and readability. With the beautiful designs and multiple study Bible options, everyone from adults to teens and even children can find a CSB Bible that they enjoy. Learn more at csbible.com. Again, that's csbible.com. Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. I'm your host, Chris Fuller, and on today's episode, we're going to do another classic replay, as tomorrow is Good Friday. We thought it would be a good idea to uh, go back in time to Good Friday 2020, where Mark and I uh, had a little discussion about... uh, why uh, the crowd was saying Hosanna and crucify Jesus and all these things that pertained around Good Friday and why we celebrate Good Friday. So join us as we go into this episode. Hope you enjoy. Let's jump in. We right, let's got do it, bro. a big conversation to talk about tonight. And we have very limited time to do it. (laughs) So, bro, I'll let you set the stage. How about that? Oh, thanks. (laughs) No pressure, right? (laughs) I mean, if you you want to set the stage, bro? I'll set it a little bit. So we're we're getting together to to talk about Good Friday, right? Mm -hmm. What is Good Friday and why is it important? That's that's a pretty big question, right? Uh, Justin Holcomb from Christianity.com puts it in this way. For Christians, Good Friday is a crucial day of the year because it celebrates what we believe to be the most monumentous weekend in the history of the world. Ever since Jesus died and was raised, Christians have proclaimed the cross and resurrection of Jesus to be decisive, a decisive turning point for all creation. Paul considered it to be of first importance that Jesus died for our sins, was buried and raised to life on the third day, all in accordance with the with what God had promised all along in the scriptures. And that comes from first Corinthians 15, three, where Paul's talking about that. So what, what is good Friday? It's the time that we look back and remember Christ dying on the cross for us. I mean, that's, yeah. That, yeah. that's what it is. Simple so as that. it's day, day five, day four of Holy week. Um, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Cause Passover was just yesterday or the day before. Yeah, Wednesday. Well, there was because you know we got Palm Sunday, Jesus right. triumphal entry, um, and then yeah, Monday Thursday, not Monday Thursday, like I right, thought Monday, yeah, kid Monday, which is a derivative of the Latin for uh, commandment, actually. Right. Uh, Passover, no, I think, was Wednesday of of that. So yeah, Passover is Wednesday, and a lot of crazy stuff happened between Wednesday and today. Um, yeah. You go back through, and I know some churches do this. Our, our church does it a little differently but some churches will read the entire passover account from holy week right and it's like half of some of the book like i think john like the last 10 chapters 12 chapters are literally just the last couple days last not even full week of Jesus' right. life right. and it's amazing how we give so much attention to the gospels of not what jesus did 
in terms of his his public ministry, but we put so much time and effort into the the the, the death of Jesus and the resurrection. So it's got to be important, right? Yeah, it definitely mean, is. All of Christianity literally hangs on the cross and on the resurrection. So, so I think it's yeah. something that Christians we need to have on the forefront of our minds and actually talk about because that's this is where our faith rests. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot of the stuff we're going to go over tonight, uh, I assuming most Christians know. So. I mean, it's just a good reminder, even for you and I, Mark, that uh, that we continue to to look over some of these scriptures and talk about these things uh, during this time. I mean, we should always be talking about it because it's important, but especially now. <laughs> especially right now. So, so here's some, one question I have. So, you know, right. I think it would just be easiest to go through it this way is what are some of the key points in the hours before, during, and after the crucifixion with Good Friday? Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh I think number one would be um, how Jesus foretold, man, I cannot talk tonight, foretold his death. And we find that in Mark 8, 31, uh, Jesus told his disciples this, then Jesus began to tell them that the son of man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later, be, he would rise from the dead. So this whole thing proves um, that because Jesus predicted his death and had the foreknowledge that he must truly be God in the flesh. And we see that in the scripture, first Timothy three sixteen, where he talks about God in the flesh. Um, but how can Jesus know these things and be able to predict his death if he wasn't God? I mean, how many people realistically are out there that um, can predict their own death? Right, definitely. And not even just predict it, but fulfill the prophecy from Isaiah 53, the suffering servant. Right, yeah. Wait, so I don't know if you knew this. This is more, more one of Mark's random segues. But you know this it. chapter is actually deleted out of the current Jewish Bible? Hmm? They removed this passage. In fact, if you talk with really? Orthodox Jews, there's even a, I watched like, it was like a 20 minute video of so many Orthodox Jews who, you know, know, know the Torah, uh, they know the prophets they skip over this. Or I should say, if it's wow. not taken out of their scriptures, they don't read it. They skip right over Well, I mean, it's kind of an embarrassing point in the Jewish community, right? It's <laughs> Talk about why. We'll talk about why here a little bit yeah. before it, but it's just a fact of, we all know Isaiah 53, the beautiful thing where, you know, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, he didn't open up his mouth and watching Jesus do all these different things. The Jews are just like, Nope. Right. <laughs> they don't know it. They skip right. over it. They don't talk about it. And I even had a buddy, uh, Micah Bordez, my roommate, who studied at a Messianic Jewish uh, synagogue in, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in between year for college. And they said that this was one of the main things that their synagogue taught all the time because this was hmm. the thing that, that right. showed Jesus. So, but yeah, he, yeah. Just, he talked about it all the time, which so it was kind of funny that the disciples didn't see it coming. Well, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, and, it, and, no? and being disciples, uh, most Jewish people in that time frame, in that time period, uh, was very well scripted um, in the prophets, in the Torah, and all the other Old Testament scriptures that we think about. Does he talk? So. I just broadcasted <laughs> our live stream so I could pull up the comments. So you just heard a repeat. No, gotcha. So, so anyways, uh, so there, there's, there's many points of the importance of this whole thing. Um, uh, but I'm going to pull out just two right now. Um, uh, one is being, uh, no bones were broken when Christ died on the cross. So why is this important to know? 
uh, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, a sacrificial lamb for Passover was to have no broken legs or bones. John the Baptist proclaimed Jesus to be the quote-unquote Lamb of God in John one twenty nine. By Christ not having any broken bones, it was a symbol that he was a pure sacrifice for our sin. So that's one way that I reason why I kind of like, you know, one, he predicted his death. Two, he had no broken bones, which is crazy to think about. And we'll get into more a little bit later about uh, what it's like to die on, the, on a cross, a Roman cross. But most times in the position that they were in when they died, uh, if they wanted to hurry it along, especially on a thing such as the the holy week that they're going through. Passover, right. Right. Uh, they wanted to have these guys done and dead by by sundown. So they would actually go around and like break their legs so they would die quickly. Uh, but they didn't do that to Jesus because they're like, oh, he's already dead. Well, R- Rama, a spear up through his side <laughs> just to make sure. But it's like, hmm, they could have just broke his legs uh, just to make sure too, but they didn't. And that was a fulfillment of that prophecy. Um, another thing uh, was dying on the cross was a horrible way to die. So dying on a Roman cross was the worst way to, uh, to die in, in, in the days of Jesus. Uh, only reserved for the worst of criminals, Jesus suffered in ways that are unimaginable to us now. Being God, he could have just blinked, blinked his eyes and everybody that was persecuting him you know, would have been dead and he would have been free from the cross. But he didn't do this. Uh, even though he had not sinned or ever, ever uh, he suffered the worst uh, way imaginable. And uh, so what's it like to die on the cross? Uh, the fellows over at theguardian.com put it this way, and we'll put these in our show notes on the recording that we do. So if you guys want to read it later on. But uh, it says this. I just pulled a paragraph from this couple page uh, article. But it says suffocation, a loss of body fluids and multiple organ failure. It wasn't pleasant, but for those with a strong constitution to take a deep breath and read on, uh, the weight of the body pulling down on the arms makes breathing extremely difficult, says Jeremy Ward, a psychologist at King's College in London. In addition, the heart and lungs would stop working as the blood drained through wounds. Crucifixion was invented by the Persians in 3 to 400 BC and developed during Roman times. In the, uh, into a punishment for the most serious of criminals. So it wasn't like, you know, they thought he was, you know, a whatever. Uh, uh, they, obviously, the Jewish people thought he was a heretic, but you look at like Herod with John the Baptist. What did he do? He just beheaded him. Like, that's a pretty quick way to go, right? Not suffering too much. But not only that, but we know that Christ was beaten severely even before he went to the cross. And then now he's got to get nailed to a cross and 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 die that way, which was the most horrible way you could die back then. Right, right. Most, most painful. It, man. So this is why I brought my stack of Jesus. Well, I still have like 10 more. <laughs> I brought my, my main stack of Jesus books. Let's uh, hear it. This one is from Who is Jesus from Greg Gilbert. It's a little small read. It's super cool. Um, it talks about the Lamb of God sacrifice for men. A lot of what you just said it talks about, but I thought this was kind of interesting um, about the, the crucifixion as well. The, the Roman practice crucifixion will remain as one of the most gruesome humiliating and altogether obscene methods of execution the world has ever known. So horrible was it, in fact, that the sophisticated and uh, cultured people in Greek and Roman societies would not even utter the word cross in polite Mm -hmm. company. That was a reviled word, and it referred to an event more um, reviled and hated form 
of death. The crucifixion in the Roman world was never a private event. It was always a raw, open, and searingly public. That's because its entire purpose was to terrify the masses into submission to the authorities. And, and that's the thing that Jesus went and did for us, man. Like right. he, it, it's the most gruesome way ever. You know, we look at the fact of the Romans were the best murderers ever. Um, oh, yeah. We also look at it, the fact of that Romans flat out couldn't even be crucified. Like they couldn't be crucified because right. they're Roman citizens, like mm-hmm. they couldn't even, they, they wouldn't do it. They, that was revered for only the worst of the worst. And in fact, this is a, a I don't have this book with me because I have it on audible, but NT Wright did a book called simply Jesus. One of the best treatises I've ever, ever, ever read about the history, not, not as much historicity of Jesus, but more so of the movement that Jesus started, how it's so much different than what we teach mm-hmm. um, in certain ways. But the fact of the Romans saw Jesus as a, um, what, what's, what's the word? A rebel leader. That's why they put the word king of the Jews. They weren't doing it for whatever. They're the it was fact- a mockery. It was a mockery. It's like, this is who you claim to be. Well, look who, what we do to people who claim to be the king when it's only Caesar's who's king. So right. Jesus was crucified as a rebel leader supposed king of the jews in the most gruesome way ever and yeah. people want to suggest that you know you know some some alternative theories of what happened to jesus on the cross people want to suggest that he just passed out and that yeah. when he rose again from the dead he just kind of you know regained some blood and regained a little bit of this um or that when he rose that you know he was just a hallucination of the disciples right. and right and which that's you know that's easily uh, dismissed as yeah. well. And then some people are even like, you know, Jesus, he put a, a, a fake Jesus up there on the cross. He found his doppelganger run around <laughs> Jerusalem and him up to the cross. And, but we see Jesus. Stunt double. <laughs> Why would he not have prayed the simple prayer of father? I don't want to do this. Take this right. cup from me. Right. Why would he have prayed that if he didn't go do this. And it's the fact of Jesus died the most gruesome death you could imagine. And when you think about the lambs that died back in Old Testament time of how gruesome that was, right? They were their throats were slit, their blood was poured over the altar, they were butchered, they were beaten. Um, mm-hmm. they were because of the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And right. I know a lot of people want to talk about uh, especially Greek Orthodox, they want to talk about this whole idea of um about God's justice and why on earth, like what kind of loving dad will let their son do that? or let their son go through that. And my answer is, I don't know, because my son ain't going through that for you. Right. But God knew, and, and Jesus willingly stepped out of heaven, reading Philippians 2, fashioned himself in the form of a man, and he took on the form of a man, and he was humble all the way to the death on the cross for us. Yeah. And it's like, that's just absolutely amazing, man. The fact yeah, I mean. It, it, it And then did it, follow through. Right, yeah. There's some definite huge things that, um definite symbolisms and the prophecies fulfilled during the the death of Christ. But it's interesting that there was prophecies fulfilled and symbolism uh, before Christ even died, even just entering into the city of Jerusalem, like um, Jesus entering into Jerusalem on a donkey, you know, uh, the fulfillment of the prophecy from Zechariah 9, 9, where it says, rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion, shout daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. What did Jesus ride in on? The colt, a foal of a donkey. And, it, and 
as Christians, we kind of know the story where Jesus sent his disciples out to, to find him this donkey and all they could find was the colt. And, and so they ended up, you know, getting the colt for Jesus to, to ride, but it wasn't even actually what they were looking for, but that's what he came in on. So there was fulfillment of the Zechariah 9, 9 prophecy. And it's just amazing to me that the Jewish leaders, when we talked about this um, in some previous podcasts about, uh, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, <laughs> but how the, uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees, oh, it was unforgivable sin. That's what it was. Oh, yep. mm-hmm. How they blasphemed, you know, how they knew the truth. You had, being as studied as they were and learned as they were, how they wouldn't see that this was a prof- uh, prophetic fulfillment, right? Um, so there's another thing that happened too. Um, King Solomon rode to his messianic coronation on a donkey. And we see, read this in first Kings, uh, one through 37. And it says, and the King said to them, take with you the servants of your Lord and have Solomon, my son, ride on my mule and bring him down to Gihon and let Zadak, the priest of Nathan, the prophet there anoint him King over Israel. Then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. You shall then come up after him and shall come and sit on my throne. And he shall be king in my uh, place. And I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, I believe. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know. Answered the king. Amen. May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, say so. As Lord has been with my Lord the King, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord King David. So we obviously know Solomon came from the line of, of David. Jesus came from the line of David. So it's it's interesting to me to watch how King Solomon rode in uh, basically to the, to the city of Jerusalem on a donkey as well. And people were praising him. and he was a king. And so this was kind of a foreshadowing of Christ, how they used to do this and how when Jesus came into Jerusalem on the cult and they started saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, right? Right. Yep. That, that this was, had taken place. This was like a tradition of Kings of old of how they would enter and become and crowned King. And that's the same way Christ entered the same city. Right. And it's even, I mean, that's, that's the Jewish custom, but even in the, 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 the Roman custom, you know, when a, a, a conquering king rode in on a white horse, you know someone's going to get their butts kicked. Right. But when they came in on a, on a donkey, it was a sign of peace that the war was over. So when Jesus walked into, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the right. donkey, he was riding as the victorious king. Like he was mm-hmm. already saying, the peace is here. The kingdom is here. I have won. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of cool when you, when you look at that reality and that's, you know, dude, there's, there's a lot of, com- we talked about this before we went live, but there's a lot of conversation between, um, was this the same crowd that welcomed him that wanted him crucified? Right. Did the crowd get turned somehow, or was it, you know, all the, cause you know, it's Passover. So everyone from all over Israel came to Jerusalem. Yeah. So the people on the outside, those people that Jesus actually has healed and, and raised their kids from the dead and, mm-hmm. and blessed, were they the ones rejoicing him? Then when he got into the city, the, 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 the city people of Jerusalem were the ones who hated him. So there right. was a differentiation between the two. And, and I'm sure there's some, 
uh, I've, I've read both sides of the argument, but, but needless to say, you know, when he rode in in Jerusalem, people thought that literally Jesus was saying, you know, I'm going to tear down Rome. We going to build this in the same way that the, the, the Judas Maccabeus from what, what the, the, the reason we read in the Apocrypha, um, Maccabeus family. Um, there was, I think it was, uh, was it Judas the star? Um, there is, uh, there's, I know there's like another, like Judas the hammer or something like that. There's mm-hmm. all these other pre messianic figures that conquered their people and freed their people or did right. various different things. And they were looking at Jesus where you're like, dude, you're just another failure, bro. Like we right. don't come in here and, and kick some Romans, butt, but right. then all of a sudden you're right here in peace and then you're getting murdered. You're getting crucified. Like we ain't about well, that. And, that and that's the thing. Most of the Jews back then thought that the, messiah was going to come in and be the conquering king right that's the key word conquering king yeah even though that's not the way the prophecies uh foretold how he was going to be they said he was going to come in lowly you know he was going to be a servant and and they didn't want to read that part they wanted like oh we're, we're thinking he's going to be like like god is how god has helped us destroy nations in the past and so um i think that's where a lot of the laymen and uh, not Andy Layman, but Layman, <laughs> Layman people uh, had missed it, had missed Jesus as Messiah. Those people in the crowd crying, "Kill him! Kill him!" Which uh, you know could have been um, some little Pharisees in their ears. I think you know. I, I just like to think that maybe they they started <laughs> and the people just followed. But and then Jesus walked uh, into their temple and was like flipping tables, like. Right. He rode in as a peaceful conquering king, and then he just went, you know, <laughs> chased him out with whips. <laughs> like, like he went monopoly right. up on them. Right, and it's crazy, but you know, this, we can transition into this. But you know, when when Jesus died, that's why so many Jews a don't like Isaiah fifty three because it's mm-hmm. a suffering servant. Their Messiah is not a sufferer; he's a conqueror. Right, um, but we see Jesus dying on a cross, so so many people instantly just went, "Hold up, dude, he ain't the Messiah." He ain't him. He died. Right. Right. He's not that conquering king that we wanted. But we know that on the cross, and I've had this conversation with so many teens because so many Baptists and Protestants want to shy away from the cross because, you know, for some reason we have this classic Baptist thing where it's like, oh, if the Catholics like it or if the Pentecostals like it, that must make it wrong and we don't want to be like them. But, you know, the, 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 the cross of Jesus is what conquered sin. The cross of Jesus is what reconciled us to God. The cross of Jesus is what paid the penalty. And, um, I got two, I'm going to do two more books. I got big, 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 bad boy. The cross of Christ. He's my favorite author. If you like Lewis, you're going to like him even better. Um, it took me seven days of reading nine hours straight to finish this book for grad school. Um, it's, it's a Protestant treatise on the cross. And then this little small book, I know Soche's in here, which by the way, hi, Jack. A- hey, Austin Hammond. Hey, Soche. This book, 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die from John Piper. Yeah, this that's a good book. Jesus conquered when he died, not when he rose again, when right. he died. So when Jesus rode in as the conquering king, it was almost like telling death and, and Satan, like, look, the kingdom's coming. I'm going to die. You're going to crush my heel, but guess what? I'm going to smash your head. He did write in as the conquering king, just not in the physical sense. Like, the physical sense. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely. And even looking at his death, you know, we're, we're kind of got to wrap it up here for time for you, you Mark. Keep uh, rolling, bro. Let's go. <laughs> no, you got responsibilities, but uh, you know, we kind of look at a couple days from now, Easter, right? Mm-hmm. It's Resurrection Sunday, as as Baptists like to call it. <laughs> but uh, he is risen. 
He is risen indeed. <laughs> I love it. Keep going. But uh, I, I just wanted to point out uh, there are many, many prophecies that were f- f- fulfilled. Ugh, I still can't talk. But uh, there were many prophecies that he fulfilled uh, in the days leading up. His whole ministry, really, the three and a half years, he, he fulfilled so many. And there's so many uh, books out there that help you walk you through uh, you can even Google it online about, hey, what prophecies did Jesus fulfill during his ministry? And, you know, fact check it with scripture. <laughs> Hopefully they give scripture. That's what I like. Um, but there's, I, I want to talk about uh, why Christ uh, would not stay buried, but he r- would rise from the dead. Uh, the prophecy comes from Psalm 1610. It says, for you will not abandon uh, abandon me to Sheol or Sheol. Uh, nor I think I'm what I, uh, nor nor will you allow your holy one to undergo decay, right? Mm-hmm. So at first you're like, what? Hang on a sec, that ain't that ain't Jesus. Oh wait, your holy one. Okay, well you know, <laughs> big H, <laughs> big O, holy one, uh, to go, undergo decay. Well, obviously we know that bodies that sit for a while start decaying. Well, he's the holy one's not going to decay. So we see that. Uh, by Jesus rising three days after his death, that he fulfilled this prophecy. And we get that from Matthew 28, 6, where the angel tells, um, I believe it was Mary. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at in this this chapter. <laughs> but Matthew 28, 6 says, he is not here, the angel saying, he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he laid. So we see there that, you know, based on the prophecy from Psalms sixteen ten, going into Matthew twenty eight six, he couldn't have stayed there because he couldn't have his body couldn't decay. He went to the to the gates of of death and conquered death, and so uh, he's no longer dead but alive. So, yeah, that's what I got, bro. Yeah, and on the flip side too, you know, we even see Jesus talking about where um, he clears temple courts. Um, the Jews respond to him, what sign can you prove to us that you have authority to do this? Right, and right. Uh, Jesus answered them, you're right, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll rebuild it. And they right, replied, right. it has taken 46 years to build this temple. You're going to raise it in three days. But the temple he was speaking of was his body. Right. He was raised from the dead. His disciples recalled all that he had said. And then they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus spoken. And the thing I love about this right here is the fact of the disciples literally had a mind bomb. You know, we, we read, I think it's in where um, Jesus said, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to bring all things back to your remembrance. And right. it even says right here, um, after Jesus raised from the dead, the disciples recalled all that he had said, including this, that mm. destroy this body. Well, he's referring to his body, but destroy this temple. And in three days, I will rebuild it. Right. And so even at the beginning, dude, Jesus was like, this is going to happen. Let's go. <laughs> legit going to happen. Right. Or the body in three days, I'm going to, I'm going to raise it. And you know, the importance of the resurrection, I will say is the, the cross. I feel like we need to give a lot more treatise to because the oh, cross yeah. is, what, is what did everything. Right. What did the resurrection do the resurrection proved that Jesus was God, that he did do what he said he was going to do. Yeah. And everything he accomplished was real. Yeah, exactly. All what happened if our resurrected King, Stay dead. Yeah. Back to what happened if our conquering king stayed dead? <laughs> nobody, they're probably right. dead. But by him raising again from the dead, 
it proved everything that he did and all yep. the things he accomplished on the cross was in it. You know, um, someone once asked Billy Graham the question, we, you know, I, I know you love your Billy oh, Graham. Man, I love Billy Graham, man. Someone once asked him, what's more important, the resurrection or the death of Jesus? And he said, that's like asking which wing on a plane is more important to fly. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Pretty much an exact quote. And he said, It's like asking, are my lungs more important than my heart? <laughs> what? <laughs> Both are important. Right. Um, and so it's, it's just a deal where it's the fact of you can't have the resurrection without Jesus' death, but you can't right. have the resurrection. Which one's more important? Which one is more tried and true? Well, mm-hmm. you know, Catholics hang on to the, the, the crucifixion and, and mass is sacrificing Jesus again for our sins every single week, whereas a lot of Protestants want to hang on to only the resurrection. But I want to call people up a little bit. I want to call people out, call people up, where it's the fact of why do we have to choose one or the other? Where's the fact of yeah, we need to celebrate that he's not here. He's risen. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's going to come back and judge the living and the dead. He's going to make a new heaven. He's going to make a new earth. The old's going to be done away with. That's legit. Yeah. That's awesome. But let's not forget, you can never be reconciled to God without first Jesus dying. Right. Yep. There is no resurrection without death. Just saying. <laughs> and, then one day, and that's a beautiful picture of baptism, you know. Yeah. Uh, my greatest pleasure that I've ever had was baptizing a few, a few of my students. And I have another one. As soon as this coronavirus thing goes away, dang, I, I, dang I, Rona man! <laughs> and, uh, but it's the fact of you know we're 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 buried in his lightness, but raised in the same way, in the same right. way of his lightness. You know what is it? Uh, when when you baptize someone, you're buried in his death and risen um, to life everlasting. It's that picture, that symbolism of what right. Jesus did and what's going to happen to us in the last day. Exactly. You know, um, I, I feel like I need to say this real quick, if you don't mind. Um, Go for it, bro. A lot of people when they talk about when people die, they mention the fact of like, oh, I know they're looking down, smiling right now. Um, man, I just feel like I got my, my dad, my Nana, uh, my Mimi. These are all references to my, my, my grandparents. <laughs> that that I feel like they're just with me right now. And I want to look at people and be like, they ain't with you. They don't want to be with you. In fact, right. and, and in fact, they dead. And then people right. go, how can you be so insensitive? Well, my dad died too, bro. So there's that. But it's the fact of my dad right now absent with the body present with the lord he's no more has pain and suffering but one right. day my dad's body is going to be re- resurrected it's going to be united which by the way he doesn't have a body right now it's kind of a fun conversation um but the soul is going to be reunited with the body in the same way that my one day body will be you know resurrected and then joined back with my soul it's kind of weird we won't get into it he's what an and what i like to refer to as abraham's bosom yeah, there's there's a whole lot of theology. A lot of theology that, in that but. <laughs> I love it. but it's the fact of, you know, like one day we're going to rise again in the same way right. that Jesus did. In the way that Jesus was the perfect Adam. He lived the perfect life. He's the firstborn of all creation. And one day he's going to rise again. And guess what? Since he rose again, we can have assurance. This is what the apostle says, that we will rise again too. Right. Definitely. So they Man. ain't with you. Nana ain't with you. She's if, nope. she, if she's a follower of Jesus, she's with Jesus right now. Right. She doesn't want to be with you. And, and yeah, and if they're with Jesus, they definitely don't want nothing to do with us because they're too focused on him. <laughs> so and we're gonna be in the same 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 boat, man. One day right. we're gonna be in the same boat. Definitely. Uh, but but anywho, dude. So so as as we wind down, I feel like I just like. Pastor hey, Mark, the snot out of this microphone. I just wanted to push the mic back and listen there for a bit, brother. <laughs> they, got me going. they got me going. But dude, as, as we land the plane, you know, we talked about that Jesus is rode in as the conquering king. The conquering yeah, king died, but the conquering king defeated death and rose again. Right. Any final thoughts, dude, before we wrap up this conversation on Good Friday? 
uh, the only final thoughts that I have is, is go do your studying. Like we can all sit in, in, in a Sunday service and hear about, oh yeah, Christ died on, on Friday and rose again on Sunday or, you know, the three days or, um, and that's great, you know, yeah, but pastors are not giving you, um, all the meat because there's just not enough time to give you. I mean, we talked about it a little bit beforehand, Mark, that, uh, we could spend 10, 12 weeks just in the entering into Jerusalem. <laughs> I mean, there's just, it would take years to really go through all the prophecies that were f- fulfilled. Um, uh, and there's just no way to do that on a Sunday morning. Pastors just don't have that much time with people. They'd probably take more time if you'd give them the time, but they don't have the time. So especially them uh, Baptist preachers, they go right. Yeah, we're talking to you, Scott. <laughs> no, but, no, uh, no, 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 no. You're talking to Scott. Okay, I'm talking to Scott. We want to hear more preaching. Sorry, Soche. <laughs> cutting into Soche's time, but uh, no, go go out and study. Go out and really look at this, and you your mind will be blown, just as the disciples' minds were blown when they discovered that Christ had risen, and He was who He said He was, and that He had conquered death and had conquered the grave. Um, it's an amazing story with so much symbolism and prophetic fulfillment packed in, in that little less than a week leading up to, to his death and resurrection. Uh, I know the more I study it, the, the more it's like God's opening my eyes even more, like how good he is and how in control of everything he is. So that's my final thought. I love it, bro. I love it. My final thought is get some dang books. If you don't got books, I got the hookups. <laughs> Who is Jesus? Wonderful. Now, this is going to be controversial to some people, but this book, Jesus Is by Judah Smith, you might know him as the Beebs pastor up in Seattle. Phenomenal, bro. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, talked about it already. 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die by Piper. The Cross of Christ by the one and only, oh, this way, John R. Stott. I know it's backwards for all you people. And here's my thing, dude. Every Christian, I think, needs a systematic theology on their shelf. This is the one I had in seminary called the theology for the church. It's written by a bunch of different people. I absolutely right. love it. Uh, Wayne Grudem's another favorite. Erickson's another one. Charles Ryrie is another wonderful, wonderful one. But if and there's have, many, 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 many more books out there on it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I got a shelf and I got a yep. lot of suggestions and Fuller's got just as many books on his shelf as I do. And he's got yep. lots too. Um, but if you have questions about your faith and you want it to be done in a, in a, in a logical way that just makes sense and, and well-written and well-read, don't just hit Google first, man. Get some respected people. Got questions? Yeah, definitely. People, Desiring God, Gospel Coalition. Get a systematic theology, bro. Yeah, Those definitely. My final thoughts. But before we end it, and before we get in, into the fun facts with Fuller, um, I got to apologize, bro. Uh-oh. So we're on Facebook Live. Hi, Facebook people. We're recording Hi. it on Zoom. Um, but I, I forgot to hit record on my, uh, on, on the Zencaster until like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> but that's just my apologies to you, bro. That's just my apologies, but it's all good. It's all good, bro. It's all good. So if people have made it this far. They all get right. blessed with fun facts with Fuller. And now this is one I don't know either, bro. So I'm ready. All um, right, man. I'll, I'll go ahead and, uh, and enlighten you all with my fun fact of the day. Did you know Mark and Facebook live and everybody else that's listening uh good friday is recognized as a holiday in only 12 states oh. as, a, as a holiday in only 12 states occurring two days before easter sunday good friday commemorates jesus's jesus christ crucifixion but it isn't a federal holiday residents in certain states 
states experience closures, including New Jersey, North Carolina, and Tennessee. You know, God's country, except for New Jersey. Is. Why is why is Jersey? Why is Jersey? Jersey, Jersey, just hopping on, hopping on the holy wagon, man. Right, they want a day off of work. <laughs> I mean, the company I work—that's it, man. The company I work for. I mean, I I was off today, and I got paid for it. It's a holiday. Um, so I work up? Friday and Easter Sunday, so you know. Well, you're a pastor. That's kind of like two important days, along with like Christmas. <laughs> Those are the only three days we work, guys. Good so that, that's it. And Easter Sunday. The, the rest of them are the rest of them are Doppler gangers. <laughs> <laughs> They're just lookalikes of everybody. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today on the day before Good Friday, 2022. We really hope you guys enjoyed that throwback episode from 2020. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can check out uh, anything you need to get a hold of us at realtalkchristianpodcast.com. That's where our email is at, realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com. Our phone number, 574-400-5352, and all the other things. You can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, And if you have not done so, go to the Facebook uh, group page that we have going on, Real Talk Christian Podcast Community. And join the community and the conversations that are going on there. Uh, If you have not yet gone to YouTube to subscribe to our channel, please do that now. Hit subscribe and hit that bell notification. Ding! And you will get all the special little content that we will be putting out here probably within the next, uh, I would say, month or so. So, yeah, it'll be things to look forward to for you guys. And uh, some excitement for Mark and I. Mark is not in the studio today, as you probably have guessed. Uh, but we wanted to put this special episode out for you guys this week. We hope you guys have a great good Friday and a happy Easter. And until next time, take it easy.